This podcast is a presentation of Gateway Fellowship, Paulsville, Washington. Experience community, find hope. Check us out at gatewayfellowship.com. Well, it's so good to see each and every one of you. Thank you so much for coming and being a part. And uh, if, if you're a guest today, and um, maybe it's your first time here, maybe your second time or third time, and you're kind of like wondering, what, what is Gateway about? And, uh, you know, why, why do we gather like this? Well, for a number of reasons. First of all, we're about going into all the world making disciples. That's our passion. We try to live that out just the very, very best that we can. But we're all about lifting the name of Jesus. And so a uh, number of months ago, as we gathered as a team, we said, let's, let's set aside two Sundays um, to focus on worship. So worthy to be worshiped as we kind of run up to Thanksgiving. So last Sunday asked you a question and kind of invited you into something that might be new for some of us, and that is to, to worship God in all of our life and every day and every moment. We talked a little bit on, on, on how to do that. And so I asked you a question I want to ask you again this morning. Did you worship the Lord this morning? Now, not the two songs that we just, we did corporately, and we're going to continue to do that this morning, but did you worship the Lord? So when you woke up this morning and you, you took that first breath of conscious air anyway, were you thankful for today? I mean, that's, a, that's an act of worship. God, I thank you for today. I worship you for, get, for giving me this life, for the privilege of of, of going throughout my day, I worship you when, you when some of you drove down and you saw the mountain ranges and so on. Did you worship God? Does it cause us to worship him? That's what we're talking about, living a life of worship. So I, I pray that you have done that. For some of us, maybe we walk through some challenging days this week. Do we still worship God? We're going to talk a little bit about that in, in just a few moments. But thank you for coming. Thank you for being a part today. As we worship, I want to share with you for just a few moments on a worship theme that I'm going to invite us all into. And when we uh, gather around communion uh, this morning, I'll guide you in that, how we do that. But we'll be singing and so on. And you are free to stand, to sit, um, to kneel, to come to the altars if you like. So no one's going to tell you to stand. Sometimes we will, but you know you are, you are free as we worship the Lord together. So I have, I have a little home office that uh, I work out of quite often and when I'm not here. And there's something that happens every time, I mean, with rare exception, every time there's something that happens when I go into my office and I'm going to tell you what it is. And some of you um, can relate if you have a pet at home. So at every time I go into my office and I come up to my desk, Jen and I have a golden retriever, and uh, she's older now. She's, she'll be 11. Um, every time she crawls up underneath my desk, and, and that's where she, she spends the day. As long as I'm there, she will be there, every, unless she hears food out in the kitchen. Then she goes out there, but she comes right back, and she gets in there in this little small area, and she crawls up, and that's where she spends her time. And, and I have just viewed it this way, like that's where she's comfortable, that's where she's at peace. One time she wasn't feeling very well, she was trying to crawl up into my lap, you know, where I think she knew I would know what's going on. But it's, it's just, and I thought about that this morning. I want to read a psalm to you, because that's the picture that came to my mind, is that place of safety, that place of security, that place where we experience real peace. Now, it might be odd to you that I would think of a dog in that way, but a shepherd boy thought about a scene that we know well, because probably the most famous psalm 
in the book of Psalms is the 23rd Psalm. And I just want to introduce it to you, maybe toss a few thoughts your way as we talk about worship. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I love that psalm because here's the picture that I have in my mind. This place of safety, this place of peace, this place of security, and it draws us in into worship. I love how David um, describes the good shepherd. He says, the Lord is who shepherd? My shepherd. Now, it would be correct if we said and declared the Lord is our shepherd because the Lord is our shepherd. But I absolutely love this, and I've even circled it in my notes here. The Lord is my shepherd. He may be your shepherd, but listen now, he's mine. He's my shepherd. Have you thought of it that way? Have you thought about the personal nature of who he is? He is our shepherd, but he's my shepherd, and he's your, your shepherd. That's personal. That's comforting. That's peaceful. The one who is eternal, from everlasting to everlasting, he's, he's my shepherd. He never fails. He's my shepherd, the one who will guide me through all of life. Let me ask you a question. Do you ever feel lost in life? I think we would probably all say yes. I mean, like, I mean, for me, like, do you ever feel lost? Do you ever feel like, I kind of wonder what's, what's going, going, going on here? Um, um, you know, what, what is it that I'm facing now? How does this connect and all of that? Sometimes we just feel lost. I won't talk about that because I think what it does as we consider this psalm and a couple others that it leads us into, into worship of our Lord and our Savior. But first, the book of Psalms. So a lot of us start in Psalms. So typically my day always starts in the Psalms just for some reflection and, and, and so on. But the book of Psalms, as you probably know, is made up of 150 chapters. And so some of you read a chapter a day or, or perhaps even more, but 150 chapters. But the 150 chapters are, are divided into five books or five, five divisions. And so when you're reading through the Psalms, you'll see book one, book two, book three, book four, and book, book five. And what we find in each book or each division is a doxology, the closing of the book, but also I think a worship theme. And I want to talk about one of the worship themes um, um, this morning as we gather around the communion table, as we, as we worship the Lord corporately. Book one includes chapters one through 41, and so 42, you'll see book, book number two. And before we consider the worship thing that I want to suggest to you today, um, let's take a look at the doxology. Here it is right here, Psalm 41, 13. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel. He's from everlasting to everlasting. Have you ever happened on a scene? 
So you just happened to be at the store, right, and you got yourself a good sale. You just happened, you weren't gonna go there, but you just kinda happened to be there. Um, you know, some circumstance led you there or whatever, but you just happened to be there. Or maybe you've experienced this. Your car broke down, and someone just happened by, right? It's like, oh, I'm so thankful that you just, <clears throat> you just happened to, to kinda drop, drop in. This is not the picture that we get here. God is not just a God who kind of happens in on the scene like he, he shows up. The declaration is this. He is from everlasting to everlasting. He has been and he will always be. He just doesn't happen by. You don't have to worry if God is present. I know that sometimes, here, here's, here's what happens. We kind of wonder, God, are you present in my life at this moment right now? Are you present? Because we can really relate to when I walk through the valley of the shadow of, of, of death. God, are you really, really present in my life right now? I think that if we were all to be honest together, I think, I think probably most of us, there would be those times in your life, wouldn't there? There, there have been times in my life when I wonder, God, God are, are you even present? Are you even here? There are times when I feel the presence of God so powerful, you know, whether it's in prayer or, or worship, and you just sense his presence. But aren't there those times when you kind of go wonder, God, what just happened? I mean, we know, we know that he hasn't left us, but do we feel him in the, in the same way? The declaration is he is from everlasting to everlasting. God, that just doesn't happen by. He is always present in our life yesterday, today, and forever, while everything around us is changing, and we are left sometimes wandering, W-O-N-D-E-R-I-N-G, we don't have to wonder, W-A, right? We, we may wander, but we don't have to wander away from the truth of who he is. So today we're setting aside time to gather and worship as a faith community. So last week I said, look, we're to live a life of worship. That includes gathering like what we're doing today. We did at nine, nine o'clock. We gather in worship together as a faith community. If you're new to Gateway, so I'll always refer to Gateway as a faith community. That is, we're drawn together by our love for Jesus, our desire to follow his command to make disciples everywhere. That's what draws us together. We're drawn together in community, and together we worship. And I mentioned it last week that as we do what we're doing today, something happens out there. So people who are driving by, I just believe they're like, like what's going on in there? Well, there's a, there's a bunch of people worshiping the living God. I believe it's a testimony to who God is. And so today I want to talk about worship, just the theme from book one in the Psalms um, and, and draw us into that as we worship today, and perhaps as we lead up to Thanksgiving. And the worship thing that I want to talk to you about is right here, adoring worship, adoring worship. Have you ever had someone go, or maybe you're married, you're like, your spouse says, I just adore you. Have you ever had that? Or maybe you go like, I just, <laughs> I see some of you looking at you. Don't do that, don't do that, okay? I just adore you, you're right? I just adore you. <clears throat> maybe you've said it to your pet or something, I don't know. But adoring, <clears throat> adoring worship, right, means to love greatly or express deep affection. Ad adoration is a deep, deep love. I adore you. 
to love greatly, express deep affection. And we are drawn into worship today that expresses our deep love and our deep affection for who he is. Psalm 8, I began with that psalm. Here it is again. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. O Lord, our Lord, I adore you. How majestic your name is in all the earth, and you have set the glory in the heavens. That's why I said when you look outside and you're drawn to the beauty that we live in, does it draw us to worship the living God? Let me just offer a prayer of adoration uh, this morning. It goes like this. God, you are worthy of my praise, worthy of my adoration, or my deep, deep love. You are worthy of my adoration. You are in all and above all. And overall, there is nothing that comes my way that you are not aware of or catches you by surprise. I adore you, and I thank you for being my God, my shepherd. It's a prayer of adoration. I love you deeply. Now, there are three questions that I want to offer this morning. Maybe you want to jot them down, particularly as we read the Psalms, really the whole, the, the whole of, of Scripture, and, and uh, just draw us to who God is. Number one, the first question that I want us to kind of explore a little bit is this. And as you read, what do we learn about God, his character and his ways? So what do we learn about God as we read, and particularly in the Psalm this morning? Secondly, what do we learn about life? Because we all know that life happens, right? For some of you, the life that happened is a bit challenging this week, but that's life. Um, for, for some of you, life kind of took a twist and a turn that you weren't expecting. In fact, if you were to choose, you, that would have never happened. It's challenging at different levels, but we do know that life happens. So what, what do we learn about life? But more importantly, what do we learn about living or what's our response to life, and I want to talk about that this morning. So, what do we learn about God in His character and His ways? Well, Psalm 32a says, The Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. So, what we learn about God, His character, and His ways, like He loves us, He's a loving God, right? And His ways are He will guide us. He will always, always lead us. I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. Now, how does He do that? So I, I suppose, um, um, as I mentioned at 9 o'clock, that like, I have never heard like, the audible voice of God. Now, my wife has. Um, and perhaps some, some of you have as well. Um, I've never heard the audible voice of God. So how does he lead us and how does he guide us then in all, all of life? How does he guide us along the best pathway? Well, I think it happens in a number of different ways. He speaks to us right in that, in that, in that quiet, quiet voice. And in our spirit, we know that we just heard from God. Have you ever experienced that? Like you're not, you, you're not really sure that you didn't hear God's voice, but you're really sure that God is leading you according to his word, and he just spoke to you. His spirit spoke to you. I believe that God leads us and guides us that way, and we know that we know that we know that we know. And sometimes he speaks to us by sending a friend along, and that will go like this, like, I don't know, but I just feel like God is, God is telling me to share with you. And I believe that he will lead us and guide us 
in that way. That's, that's doing life together. That's encouraging one another. That's exhorting one another. That's part of living in a, in a faith community. So he leads us and he guides us in various ways. He cares for us, our loving shepherd, and watches over our way. He is active in our lives. He's leading us even when we don't always know it or feel it. And that's why it's so good for some for, some, for all of us to take some time to kind of look back, because if we look back, we can see, God, you were, you were there. I didn't feel it. Maybe I didn't particularly know it, but I can see how your hand was leading me and guiding me when we reflect back on, on life. He watches over us. He cares for us. He's active every day in our lives. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd he leads me. He leads me. And we adore him. What do we learn about life? Well, sometimes we walk through the valley of life, don't we? Sometimes the days are challenging. We may not always like it, but it's in the valley that we look up. Some of you got a phone call this past week. And all of a sudden you find yourself in, in the valley. Maybe it was news that like you weren't expecting, maybe you didn't want, but it's life. It's in the valley that we look up to him. Psalm 23, verse 4, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. The valley represents life challenges sometimes. It's, it's uncertainty. Sometimes it's a loss, perhaps of friends. Sometimes family, for one reason or another, but it's the valley. We learn this about life, that life is challenging, but what we also know is that we are not alone. He's our shepherd, so what do we learn about living, or what's my response to this life? Here it is. I will not fear, because our good shepherd is with us. Whose shepherd is he? Everybody say my. He's my shepherd. My response to all of life, regardless of where I am right now, regardless of the challenge, Regardless of the depth of the challenge or the valley, right? I will not fear because my shepherd is with me. That's my response to life. Psalm 23, verse 4, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now, I'm a city boy, and uh, so the farming thing, you know, I, I mean, I, I appreciate the lifestyle, but... So I had to go, okay, well, the, the rod and the staff, let me be sure now what these things are about. So the, the, the rod, right, was a source of, of protection, and the staff was a way of controlling or guiding the sheep. So our shepherd watches over us, he protects us, and he guides us. Together they represent the personal presence of the good shepherd or my shepherd in my life. We adore him and thank him for his, prom, for his provision and for his protection. While others walk away, he never does. What do we learn about God, his character and his ways? Well, our good shepherd, my good shepherd, is my guide. He is one who loves me. He loves. What do we learn about life? Hey, whatever we face and whatever you're facing right now, um, it's in the valley that we look up. Life happens. We know that. What do we learn about living or my response? We learn to trust the good shepherd, my shepherd, our shepherd, who will always protect us, lead us, guide us in all of life. He says he will, 
He will guide us along the best pathway of my life. And that leads us to adoring worship, I believe. Loving him greatly. Expressing our deep love for him and all that he's done. What has he done? He gave his life for you. Gave his life for me. Um, We're going to come to communion. The team's going to come out in just just a moment. Lead us in in worship. But I want to share a passage out of John for you when we consider what he did for you and what he did for me. Then Pilate turned Jesus over to them to be crucified. The Bible says there's no greater love than one who would give his life for another. And so they took Jesus away, carrying the cross by himself. He went to the place called the place of the skull. There they nailed him to the cross. Two others were crucified with him, one on either side, with Jesus between them. And Pilate posted a sign on the cross that read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. The place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and the sign was written in Hebrew, Latin, and Greek, so that many people could read it. Jesus knew that his mission was now finished, and to fulfill the scripture, he says, I am thirsty. A jar of sour wine was sitting there, so they soaked a sponge in it, put it on a hyssop branch, and held it up to his lips. When Jesus had tasted it, he said this, it is finished. Then he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. As we come to a a time of communion together, we come so recognizing his deep, deep love for each and every one of us. He was nailed to a cross. He gave up his life for you and for me. He died. He was raised to new life. And through his death and through his resurrection, we enter into brand new life, don't we? We do. And so we're going to enter into adoring worship, expressing our love greatly for him. I don't know how you do it. We all do it differently. Um, We verbalize it. Maybe, maybe out loud, we, we do so from our heart. I don't know. But let's enter in a time of adoring worship. So here's what we're going to do. In just a moment, the team will lead us in some songs. And uh, we're going to come together and share communion. So um, as they lead, we'll stand. Then you are free just to come forward. There are communion elements down here. You can come individually. You can kind of form a group if you want. You can come as couples. You can come as a family, whatever you do. And then I'm going to encourage us not to rush through communion. Um, I know sometimes, you know, we you know, rip open the thing, take the bread, rip open the thing, take the cup and go sit down. Let, let's just don't do that this morning. Um, let's take time and pause and think and reflect on what Jesus has done for you and for me and enter into adoring worship. Say, God, I greatly love you for what you have done for me. And as we stand and as we come, you're free to, there's some altar space up here on these stairs. There's front rows. There's, you can go back up to the balcony if you want. Um, you can kneel. You can do whatever you want. But let's just take time, shall we, to worship him. Let's stand together. So as we sing, you come when you want. No one's going to tell you when to come. You're free now to come and gather up around front here.
soul.